of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Somebody excited to be in church today. If you're excited, put your hands together for the Lord and add a shout of praise to it. Hallelujah. Amen. We thank God for a Sunday like this. Amen. And it's good to be in church on Sunday. Amen. At the point when they started drizzling, I was like, hey, these are my people. Because they said we are the salt of the earth. People are afraid when they step into the ring, they will dissolve. They will become saline. Salt solution. So they will rather sleep in their rooms. But God bless you for coming. Amen. Right. How many of you are ready for the word? How many of you are ready for the word? Alright. Today I'm going to share with you something that is very strong on my heart. Alright. It, it may not be one of my standard sermons, but... <laughs> It's something that is really on my heart. Hallelujah. Those of you who were at the Hour of Travail on Friday, I told you what I'm coming to speak about today. And it may not be a spectacular sermon, but if you take what I'm saying, it will help you in your life. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. When they respond to Christ, I say, if you don't want to, oh, I should sit down and oh, we should close the service. I say, Hallelujah. You are sounding like young people who have come to church. All right, today I want to speak to you about the benefits of serving God. The benefits of serving God. Serving God is a powerful thing. Tell somebody, serving God is a powerful thing. Tell another person, serving God is a powerful thing. Hallelujah. You see, there's a difference between worshiping God and serving God. A lot of us Christians, we are worshipping God. When they say, what do you worship? I worship God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. The one whose son is called Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We worship God. We identify with this God. But not many of us are serving God. It is mandatory to worship God. But as Christians, we must also serve God. Hallelujah. The worship is good. But the service is also very important. We must serve God. I want us to read Matthew chapter 4 verse 10. Matthew chapter 4 verse 10. This is Jesus when he was being tempted. He said, then said Jesus unto him, get thee hence, Satan. That means this thing Jesus said, he directed it at Satan. Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God. Say, worship the Lord thy God. And him only shall thou serve. Everybody say, him only shall thou serve. Hallelujah. Two different words I use here. He said, worship the lord thy god and he said him only shall thou serve the word worship here is the greek word proskonio 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 
spell it anyhow you want to spell it prosconio hallelujah yeah prosconio prosconio means to prostrate that means to lie down flat that's why some people in worship they prostrate they lie down flat and they worship god prosconio means to give honor prosconio means to kiss so it is it is an intimate thing you are engaging in with god you are worshiping god you are honoring god you are giving god honor that is prosconium but the word serve is the word latreo don't want to spell it anyhow you want to spell it it is accepted latreo that one connotes being a menial servant somebody who has been taken to work it involves energy it involves sacrifice hallelujah it's saying you must worship god so as for the worship as for prostrating before god as for lifting up your hands before god it is mandatory it's one of the reasons we were created hallelujah but it's also saying you must serve god you must serve god so there is a clear difference between worshiping God and serving God. And I'm telling you today that in fact almost every believer or every believer worships God. We've just worshiped God. Hallelujah. But are we all serving God? Are we all serving God? Today's sermon is to provoke you. Is to move you. If you're already serving God may it move you to another level of service a deeper level of service if you are not serving god at all i pray that this sermon will move you to start serving god because worshiping god alone is not enough it's not enough it's not enough just to lie down it's not enough just to cry it's not enough just to lift up your hands it's not enough you are supposed to serve god the reason god took israel out of egypt he said let my people go that they may what serve me you see worship is unto God but service is for God when you are serving God it means you are doing something for God I've told you in this church several times that there are a lot of things God is not permitted to do because in Genesis 1 26 said let them have dominion he voluntarily took himself out of certain affairs when it comes to this earth said let them have dominion so some of those things when he's going to do he needs human beings because that word he said in genesis 1 26 has become law that is why god cannot come and evangelize himself even though it will be very very effective seeing a spirit just hovering over the place saying repent he doesn't even have to preach a sermon one word repent repent he will just do that in saudi arabia and the whole of mecca will be turned into uh, what do you call it a Christian city but he can't do that because he'll be breaking his own words the dominion is for man working legally here on earth he has given that authority unto man so when you are serving you are doing something for God so this morning the question is are you serving God or you are just worshiping God and even if you are serving God how are you serving God with what heart are you serving God what is your motivation for serving God? Because all of those things are important. It's not just a matter of serving. And we'll get into some of these things very soon. It's not just a matter of serving. The heart with which you serve God. The motivation. What is really moving you 
what is the reason why you want to serve God sometimes you talk to young people now who want to go into ministry and you realize their heart and the motivation behind their wanting God to use them is very wrong they are looking at the fact that now those who are at the top of ministry are all driving four wheel drive four by four Oh, the fact that people give you respect and when you enter a place, they take your Bible and hold it for you. And when you are ministering, you move your jacket and they come and hold the jacket and go and put it down. Hey! Feeling powerful. Minister says, yeah, bring me my handkerchief, bring me my face towel. And they run and they bring it. Ministry, you bet the papa. Oh, the fact that once in a while somebody will come and bless man of God. I've been paid my salary. And I feel led to come and give you a little bit of it. Look at these things. Ah, that is the motivation. You see, there are a lot of people in ministry right now. Eh? They have lost their zeal for the work because the things that move them to want to do the work of God, they've seen all of those things. And so right now, there's nothing moving them again. It's like there's, there's nothing that that, that pushes their heart. There's nothing that causes them to want to go that extra mile anymore. Because yeah, they were looking for 4x4. Four four. They have the 4x4. Four four. People carry their, what do you call it? Some people too. Their aim is like, I want to see my face on a poster. <laughs> some of us, if we had our own, our face would not even appear on any poster. Because some of those posters, they place them on trees and somebody will go and urinate on it. It will be torn and it's on the ground and somebody is walking on your... Like, it's my face. Oh. Somebody will be walking on it. Like that. There was a time somebody saw my, my, my picture on a billboard. I didn't even know they had even made a billboard for the program. And the person took a picture and... was This person hasn't called me in a long while. I saw the number. Initially I was busy. I was like, God, it's a man of God. God is taking you far. It is working. Just because you have seen my face on a billboard, really, we think that is God's measurement of who is really doing ministry. <laughs> billboard. You know, a number of people who have even insulted, just passed and insulted. Look at these pastors, just insulted as for now. They don't even know us. So. What is the motivation? What is moving you? What is making you want to serve God? And how are you serving God? We shall come to that very soon. But there are different ways in which we can serve God. We can serve God with our time. Everybody say time. Christians are the busiest people on earth. We have time for everything except God. Our academics will come first. Our careers will come first. Every other thing will come first and God is like the surplus. What is left of the little time left? That is what you give to God. And that is what determines whether, oh, Sunday I'll come to church or not. Whether I'll come for midweek service or not. Whether I'll come for prayer meeting or not. It all depends on other things. It's like God is not first on your agenda. The kingdom of God is not first on your agenda. Look, I've come to realize that God doesn't favor all of us the same. It is those who have his agenda at heart. He looks at them before he looks at those who are living for themselves. I'm telling you this as a fact. 
it is those who are serving those who are looking out for the kingdom agenda look jesus came and said i will build my church he didn't say i'm come to build a company or i'm come to build a country i'm come. it is a church he's coming to build and the church i'm not necessarily talking about the local church but the church universal that is his agenda to build a church and anybody who identifies with this agenda to build the church you are on god's radar i'm telling you just this week thursday i sat in an examiner's board meeting i had finished exams and you know at that meeting i was supposed to decide who is failing who is writing the exam again and everything in my course when we finished and i drew the red line there were five people below it and at the meeting i had the power to save mighty to save <laughs> i had the power to save there were some two girls in the class these girls will not come to class when they come they are improperly dressed wearing some short things and walking around and behaving like slay queens in fact i always want all my students to pass but when we wrote that as i'm in my heart i was like if these two slave queens fall below my line <laughs> lo and behold when i looked the line below the line were the two slave queens say now we shall see when we got to the meeting there were five of them is that dr kwakupum so he matter they just projected the marks like that and then they highlighted names it's like what do you have to say the other three you could see they were struggling in class oh, but they will make the effort to be there they will ask questions some of the questions they ask you can see say, what you have thought they don't even understand it's like they are far, it's like they are struggling after school they will come and see you so this and this and this and this, what did you mean by this they'll ask you some off question b and you have to sit the person down and some extra 10 minutes to explain the the thing you've explained over and over and over in the class again these are people who are making the effort so i said one two three i'm saving them for social and soul reason but these two they will write again that is not a typical me but when i did that i understood i got a revelation that that is how god also is you are trying to tell me by coming late to my class and leaving in the middle of the lecture and not even showing up at all that what i'm doing is not important to you my agenda for lecturing you is to impart some knowledge into you so that when you become a doctor you don't kill people and i'm standing there talking and sweating i spent time to prepare the lecture slides and you come in fact one you will not even come at all if you come you come late and if you come late cry you live in the middle of the lecture they can take their bags while i'm lecturing and then exit to the place is not at the back it's in front pass in front of me with their slay queen things and leave and not come back i hear other lectures have complained and complained they don't care john wrote this and secretly in my heart i prayed that if these two slay queens if they fall under the ah, this one i didn't even have to think about it I saved the other three and I gave my reasons for it that they are making the effort. So you say, okay, sure. So they will write the exam again. 
Hallelujah. Uh -huh. I'm just trying to show you that when you show interest in what somebody is interested in, when it comes to favoring, the person will favor you. When you show interest in God's agenda, in building God's kingdom, when the day comes when God has to favor somebody, trust me, he will favor you ahead of everybody. If God comes right now, I've used this example several times. He says, I am reducing the oxygen content, which by proportion is 20% in the atmosphere. I'm bringing it down to 19. That means some people will have to die because the 19 may not be enough for all of us. What is that one reason God will look at and say, no, this person has to stay? What is that one reason? We must have the kingdom of God at the back of our minds. For most of us, all the decisions we take, it's like we don't even consider God. We don't even consider ministry. Pastor Gideon has been taken to, um, you'll not see him here for a while, but you'll be visiting. He's been posted to King Tampo to do his second year housemanship. This man was praying and hoping and trying to do everything so that he'll stay in Accra because of the work of ministry. But as God will have it, he's gone. But one year will come very soon. Hallelujah. Pastor Della went, just March, April, he'll be coming back. It's gone so fast. A lot of us, when we are making decisions, it's like the kingdom is not part of it at all. It is our own ambitions, what we want. And on the day where God too has to show himself strong, if there is somebody who is showing interest in the kingdom of God and the affairs of God and the things of God, trust me, that favor is going to go to that person. I'll show you examples in the Bible where because of things people did, God also did certain things for them. You can serve God with your time. I've used this example several times. In a week, seven days, 24 hours. 168 hours in a week. If you will be faithful with serving in church and be faithful with being regular in church, you are not even going to spend 10% of that time. You will not. But it's like, in our minds, every other thing comes first. Because you will not see God with a cane coming to stand in front of you. You, why didn't you go for choir rehearsal today? Choir, I'll come to you very soon. You sang very powerfully today. Let's put our hands together for the choir. But I have some firing too that will come later. Hallelujah. Today I'll do bits and bits of firing. Technical team too, you are very powerful. But it will have some small firing for you. Hallelujah. Yeah. Generally, you are a very, very, very good technical team. But I want you to get to the point of excellent. Amen. Bible says Daniel had the spirit of excellence. Prayer team, I shall fire you too. I shall fire. I shall fire prayer team. When I'm getting close to the end of the sermon, I'll put all of you together and fire you. And hope that the fire will cleanse you from head to toe. Hallelujah. And make you better servants of God. Look, in the Bible, the, the examples are clear. People that God favored and changed their minds concerning them just because of things they had done for God. The Bible said, let your light so shine before men that they may see what your works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. If 
you read the story about the woman who broke the alabaster box she did worship and did service at the same time the bible says well, she fell down Jesus' feet she kissed his feet she wiped his feet with her hair and then she broke the alabaster box and anointed him that one was service when the service came in immediately Jesus said for what she has done she's going to be remembered everywhere the gospel is going to be preached this woman is going to remember it's because of the service anytime you render service to the kingdom of God you erect a memorial something that God can look at and say because of this I'm going to do this for this person and some of these things it follows you even generations after generation some of you, you are where you are because of some things your parents did something your grandfather did something that somebody did for the cause of the kingdom God has spared you certain things simply because of certain things some people did let me read Acts chapter 9 verse 36 there was a woman in the church called Dorcas I believe there were other people who were dying in the church who were dying he said now, now there was a Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha which by interpretation is called Dorcas this woman was full of what good works and arms deeds which she did that means this woman was doing good things she was serving doing things helping people next and it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died whom when they had washed they laid her in an upper chamber next and for as much as Lida was nigh to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Next. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber, and all the widows stood by him, weeping, and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. Next. But Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed and turning him to the body said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Hallelujah. What spoke for her here were her works, her service, the, the, the good things that she had done for people. They said, no, no, no. Other people had died and I'm sure they allowed them to die. They went and helped to wash the body. Charlie, make we go. We cry small, put him in the womb. See, hey, will God be with you till we meet again? But no, no, no. This one, we cannot allow her to die. We cannot allow her to go because she's too valuable to this kingdom. She's too valuable to this family. I pray that that will be said of you one day. They had to send for Peter to come and pray for her to be resurrected. Hezekiah, the Bible said he was sick. He had a terminal illness of a soul, probably some cancer or something. The man was about to die. God sent Isaiah, a whole prophet Isaiah. We are talking about prophets, prophets who prophet Isaiah. The one God chose to prophesy about the most important event of all in history, which is the coming of the Messiah. That should tell you how God rated this man. God sent the prophet Isaiah to him to tell him that get your house in order because you are going to die. The Bible said when the man of God left, he also turned his face to the wall. He didn't speak to the man of God. The man of God, please intercede for me, please. I don't want to die. Oh, my children are young. He said, no, no, no. I have to speak to God myself. He used the word. He said, Lord, remember. And the word remember there is the Hebrew word zaka. He said, Lord, remember. And this man 
man Hezekiah had done things for the kingdom of God. When he came into office, there was so much idolatry. He killed the idolatry. He, he set the kingdom right. He did things that promoted God's kingdom on earth. After he said, God, remember. God said, yeah, in fact, it's true. I can't allow you to die like that. If you have cancer, pa, and they tell you 15 more years, that is a very, very big bonus. 15 years addition. And it was because of his words. He had a history. What history do you have in the kingdom of God? What history do you have in the house of God? Even if you are doing something in the house of God, with what heart, with what level of faithfulness are you carrying it out? He said, Lord, remember. Remember the things that I've done. Remember the sacrifices. And so God has a way of remembering certain things that we do. Certain kinds of, what do you call it? Um, services. Let's look at Luke chapter 7. Let's read from verse 2 to 10. Another thing we can serve God with is our money our resources. It's one of the ways we can serve God. He said, and a certain centurion servant who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. Next. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. Next. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this. Next. He said, for he loved our nation and he has built us a synagogue. He has built it. That means one man single-handedly decided to put up a synagogue where people were going, listen to the word, like study the word of God and, and worship God. One man. A centurion. Next. Then Jesus went with them. Once Jesus heard that, look, this man, he's built a synagogue. He said, wherever I'm going, I'm, I'm diverting my attention. Something must happen. Once this man has used his resources to build the kingdom of God and to promote my agenda, I must do something for him. He said, and Jesus went with them. And when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends. Because obviously Jesus was going somewhere else. This one just came and crossed and he decided to take a detour. I pray that you have a certain memorial somewhere that, that will cause God to change his course and come to meet you at the point of your need. When he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not yourself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Next. He said, Wherefore neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. Next. He said, For I also am a man under authority, having under me soldiers. And I say unto one, Go, and he goeth. And to another, Come, and he cometh. And to my servant, Do this, and he doeth this. Next. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned him about, and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Next. And they that were sent, returning to the house, found the servant whole that had been sick. Hallelujah. The one thing they, they used to catch Jesus' attention was the fact that this man has built a synagogue 
for the church. And it's interesting to know that this man didn't come to plead for his son. He didn't come to plead for his daughter. Somebody who came out of his loins. A servant. This servant must have been a faithful servant. This servant must have been an irreplaceable servant in his house. He had a lot of money. If this man dies, if you've been able to build a synagogue, you'll be able to bury a servant and hire another one. Hallelujah. He could have said, this one should go. Let him just go. I can always hire another one. But this servant must have been so valuable to him, must have been so faithful and so important to him that he had to move heaven and earth to ensure that this servant lived. I pray that God, our master, will see us the same. That when we are in trouble, he will find a good reason to say, as for this one, I must save him out of the situation. Look, God loves all of us, but he doesn't love all of us the same. He values all of us, but our value to him is not the same. Some people are more valuable to him than others. And most of the time, your value in the kingdom of God is linked to how much of the agenda of heaven is on your heart. It's not necessarily about how prominent you are where ministry is concerned. And that is one mistake a lot of people make. It's not how prominent you are. It's not the fact that you are in a forefront position. It's not. It's about how much of God's kingdom is on your heart. Building of the house of God. Building of the kingdom of God. is how much of it is on your heart that matters to God. And believe you me, as for God, he can see through our hearts. He knows our hearts. It's not the outward things that we do to impress him. That it is your heart. The heart with which you are doing the thing. That is what is important to him. Most of the time in relationships we talk about oh, love language. When somebody has a particular love language. And you are in a relationship with the person. And you don't speak that love language. The person doesn't see that you love the person. For some people their love language is time. So you, if all you are doing is giving, giving, buying this, buying this, buying this, and spending little time with it, the person will conclude that you don't love him or her. You need to speak the person's love language. What is God's love language? God's love language is found in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. In other words, he sacrificed his only begotten son. God's love language is the language of sacrifice. If you want God to know that you love him, he wants to see you sacrificing something for him. Sacrificing your time for him. Sacrificing your abilities, your talents, your energy for him. That is when God sees that, ah, this person, you really love me. That is God's love language. Sacrifice. When he loved us, he sacrificed. Because most of the time, your love language is how you express love. If it is time that is your love language, you always want to spend time with the person that you love. So you expect the person also to sacrifice and spend time with you. If you don't sacrifice, it is not. You see, that's why when we talk about giving, it's not because you want to bribe God. It's not because God can't provide for himself. But you are just showing that God, I understand your language. I have your nature of sacrifice. That's why giving is so important in the house of God. Sometimes it seems as if, oh, God is such that it's like when you give, then he also gives unto you. It's not like that. All you are doing by giving is that, Lord, I, I have your nature. I, I know how to sacrifice. I have your DNA. I understand your love language. God can provide for himself. He just wants us to see that we are all on the same page. It's as simple as that. 
when it comes to giving, serving God without giving, ask yourself whether you, you are giving your best. Ask yourself whether you are giving your best. A lot of times is the chicken change. That is said when we have drawn the budget and taken care of the so-called important things, the things that are important to us, then it's the rest that we live for. There are times that we don't even give offering because there are other things that are more important. And we say God understands. God doesn't understand. He doesn't understand. It's different if you forgot your money at home. Or genuinely because of something you don't have anything in your pocket. But if it's because some fried rice is more important to you, or some roasted pork is more important to you than giving to the kingdom of God. God to when it comes to the time where he also has to open his hand, he will look for somebody who is more generous towards the kingdom of God. It's as simple as that. When it comes to giving in the house of God, sometimes it's difficult for pastors to talk about these things. Because as soon as you want the people's money, you want the people. I don't want your money for anything. By God's grace, God takes care of me. Hallelujah. I've told you before here that I have never taken salary or allowance from this church, and I don't ever intend to do that. So when you are giving, don't even think that is coming into my pocket. It's not. It's not. I believe the pastor of the church should be the biggest giver. The amount of money that leaves my accounts every month for the sake of this church is way more than 10% of my salary. And I've been doing that since the church began. It's, it's way more, way more. Because I believe as a head of the church, you must set a good example. Look, God rewards giving, whether we like it or not. You see, unfortunately, some people have made this whole giving thing some way. And it's giving people who don't know scriptures, who don't know Bible, the chance and the loophole to come in and try and make the whole thing look some way. Of course, when we start commercializing the blessings of God, it's like pay and receive. That is not the principle. The principle is that it's like God recognizes sacrifice. God recognizes sacrifice. It's as simple as that. Now there is a lot of debate. Hey, tithing. This is a, is it Old Testament? Is it New Testament? And this, this, this. Already now people don't even want to give. And some of these arguments have come. So you yourself, you decide. Every time we say people with tithe, four people, five people in the church, that on paper we are crossing 250 members. It's not about whether you believe tithing is Old Testament or is New Testament. The truth is that every church runs on tithe. Let me tell you the truth. The offertory is not what sustains the church. If we're going to live on offertory alone, trust me, there are a lot of things. We won't have this kind of sound. We won't be able to buy some of the things we've bought. Renovating this place, this AC that we put here, it was like 10,000. Plus the fixing, almost 13,000. If it was just offertory, I don't want to tell you the average offertory we get every week. But if it was just offertory, we were going to, it would have taken us a long time to be able to buy this thing and fix this thing. Hallelujah. It is the type that sustains the church. In Old Testament, it was sustaining the house of God. In the New Testament, it will sustain the house of God. It's as simple as that. Simple. 
And so debate, get, get, get all kinds of things, and blah, 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 blah. The New Testament didn't really talk very. It's the principle that is important, as far as I'm concerned. Hallelujah. I'm not going to say that if you don't pay your tithe, God will strike you. Or you, you will never get any blessing from God. No, you will never hear me say such a thing here. Because I don't think that is it. But the principle, the whole principle, the principle of if you are faithful in little, God will trust you with more. If God says 10% of what you have and you're earning 1,000 cities and you can't be faithful with 100, how will God open doors for you so that you start earning 10,000 and pay 1,000? You couldn't pay 100. 100 cities, tight. You couldn't pay. How do you think you'll be able to pay 1,000? And so some of these things just block blessings from us and we don't understand. It's the principle of he who is faithful with little, God will entrust him with more. It's simple. Simple. It's as simple as that. And ministry is getting more and more expensive. In fact, there are people who are not very anointed but because of the money in the ministry, they look very anointed. I'm telling you. They look very anointed. The sound is crisp. There's some kind of sound, eh? Even if your voice is like mine. When you speak or you sing in them, we will think you are Joe Metal's younger brother. I'm telling you. There's some kind of sound when you're a preacher, you don't even feel like preaching. The day I preach in Fountain Gate, Borga, Reverend Eastwood Church, when I picked the microphone, that day, I thought... I'll come on later. But when they brought me the program, it was very, very early. So I got there and like within a short time, it's like I was now getting myself. And you see, preaching behind the pulpit of your spiritual father too can be intimidating. But I picked the microphone when I said hallelujah. The sound of my voice that I had said, I feel to preach. Today I shall preach. <laughs> I shall preach. And all these things didn't come they didn't fall from heaven it was money so later i went back to go and look at their sound what the mixer was like from this pole to this pole so, huh, understand why it is producing this kind of sound if you have a mixer producing from here to here and ours is from here to here the difference shall be clear hallelujah it is all money. Say money. <laughs> God will not bring some Muslim from somewhere to come and support some of these things. We are talking about what? Ultramodin auditorium. It is your money that will sponsor that thing. My money and your money. That will sponsor that thing. Yeah. So we shouldn't just say amen. Hey, by faith we claim it. Hey, God, 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 God. But when they say give, envelope comes and you post an empty envelope. This envelope thing too, there are times, I'm sure financial people, there are a lot of times, Barbara, am I lying? There are a lot of times you open, there's nothing inside. Nothing. Zero. If really, really, really that day you didn't have, God bless you and, and, and give you the chance to give. But part that you are doing God for one night. It is not a blessing. They said he built a synagogue for us. I pray that God will empower some people. 
that one day they'll say you built a church single-handedly for the kingdom of God. You say we want to build a, a branch in East Lagos. You say, man of God, relax. Just let the people do the budget and bring it to me. And we go do the budget. You say it's five million dollars, five hundred thousand for the land, another uh, five hundred thousand for underground. What do you call it? Car parking, whatever. The sanctuary itself will cost this amount. Chairs, quality chairs, quality sound, beautiful offices, children's, what do you call it, auditorium, a music studio where Overflow Music will, uh, Overflow uh, East Legon Branch will have their, their rehearsals, a prayer room, upper room, highly chilled, air conditioned, and soundproof. So that when you go there, you are screaming your lungs out. And commanding blessings upon your life. Nobody will come and say you are disturbing. You say oh. Check. Five million dollars. It is done. And by doing that you have erected a memorial. That God will look at and say. Ah, if this person can be faithful with five million dollars. Let me bless him with one hundred million dollars. I pray that that will be somebody's story in the name of Jesus. That era where churches have to struggle to get things to be done must be a thing of the past it must be a thing of the past to be on radio it is money if they tell you how much they are charging per episode when you hear people on radio it is money the radio stations they are making money bow. that's why we have overflow radio hallelujah and some of you your, your radio programs are waiting for you your own program, you discuss issues and people will call and you pray with them over the phone and there will be miracles, signs and wonders. That's why we must have our own TV station. There are people who have TV stations, five, four, six, seven, and they are not teaching people anything. You know the people I'm talking about. They are not teaching people anything. They don't even quote scriptures. They come and come and fight. Today is this. When musicians are doing beef, they call it beef. I don't know whether it is hard beef or soft beef or whatever. And this one throws a jab, and this one throws a jab, and they say, What is the kingdom of God becoming? And people sit and insult pastors, especially with the young ones. When they say, You young man, you are doing ministry, oh, you are a crook until proven otherwise. But if God will raise my spiritual father, calls them integrity rescuers, financiers of the kingdom are integrity rescuers. People who stand and say, I alone, I'm going to do this. I alone, I'm going to do that. I alone, I'm going to do that. It brings dignity and it brings more respect to the kingdom of God. Because sometimes it's like when people see pastors and then begging for money, begging for money, we need to do this, we need to do this, this, this. It looks like, ah, is that all you people know how to do? Begging for money, asking people to bring money. But I pray that God will give somebody the heart of a giver. Because you see, this ministry, eh, uh, the money we'll get in this ministry, it's not just for building again. It's also to help people. Me, I have that on my heart. But we'll have to build a very good orphanage. There are a lot of orphans there with potential. And they need to be taken care of and the word of God planted in their heart early. Some of them may be ministers and some of them may be CEOs and stuff like that. It all takes money. I don't want to run an orphanage that is limping. 
a limping orphanage. Limping on one leg. Every week you are trusting God for food to feed the children. When the children are sick, you are trusting God. No, no, no. We are trusting God now so that he will make the provision so that when we start, everything is smooth from the beginning. Hallelujah. Serve God with your substance. He said he had built a synagogue. Once he had built a synagogue, he said, Charlie, wherever I'm going, maybe why? Let me go in this direction and cause a miracle to happen. I pray that that will happen in your life in the name of Jesus. May God turn his course and come into your direction and enter your home to bring you a blessing and to bring you a solution because of a memorial that you have erected. Of Cornelius, when the angel visited him, he said what? Your prayers and your giving have come up unto God as a memorial. Your prayers and your giving. I always tell you that combination is dangerous. Sometimes we just want to pray about things, pray about it, pray about things. No, 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 no. Sometimes you combine it with giving. And immediately you erect a memorial. You erect a memorial. So when we are serving God, we must serve with the right attitude. When we are giving to God, we must give with the right attitude. Some people have made up their mind that as for me, it is the red note. Nothing more, nothing less. It doesn't matter what scriptures the pastor quotes. As I'm saying right now, some of you are saying, hey, hey, you can talk and talk and talk. What I have decided to do, that is what I will do. God will say, you can pray and pray and pray. What I have decided to do, that is what I will do. <laughs> You've made up your mind that once it, but you see, deep in your heart, you know you can do better. But you have created a mental stronghold that asks for God. It is one city that God deserves. Meanwhile, when you meet a beggar on the street and that day God touches your heart. Most of the time it's one city that you take. There was a day that I didn't have one city. I had 50 pesos. I gave it to the beggar. He said, no, no, I don't like it. He said, you don't want to help me. I cried. Some traffic lights. Some old man. Be. The way the thing she'd me, it's like I mean, if I had more, I'd have given, but that was what I had. Close by. I put the 50 pesos in his hand. He looked at the thing. He said, I said, hey, don't you want the thing? He said, no, 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 no. You don't want to help me. <laughs> I went forward. Another beggar came to ask me for the same 50 pesos. I gave him. He thanked me. I said, you this man. I will never give you any money again in my life. Recently, I was driving. The kids were at the back. And a man came. Again, coming to ask me for money. I was looking straight. But you see, I had to explain to them. So I don't think, hey, daddy, pastor, somebody is asking you for money and you are not giving him money. They were quiet, waiting to see what I'll do. Explain to them that this one, I gave him money, he was ungrateful. And when you are not grateful, even God cried, doesn't give you more. (laughs) Sometimes, some things you have to set the record straight to. You have set an example. They say, say in the heart, okay. Don't say anything about it. In the head. A beggar came because they teach him a children's service that they should give. So, pastor, and somebody has come to ask you for money and you are looking straight. You are looking straight. May the Lord give you the heart of a giver. And when you are giving, give what is befitting of God. Give what is befitting of God. Those mental strongholds must go. 
that oh as for collection there it is the ugly 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 money the ones that you have folded like that that's what you put into the offering bowl let me show you a certain scripture give me malachi chapter one let's start from verse seven give me nlt for that one god he doesn't like sacrifices that are basabasao when you are coming to sacrifice to God, when you are coming to give to God, He wants you to give and give well to the best of your ability. You see, it's not about how much you give. Otherwise, you never have said that the widow gave more than everybody. But as Pastor Dela will say, you are not a widow. <laughs> he said, You have shown contempt. The word contempt it means disrespect. When you say you have been caught in contempt of court. It means you have disrespected the court. Maybe the court summoned you and you didn't go. Or you stood in the dock and while they were asking you questions, you decided to laugh. <laughs> you have shown contempt. He said, you have shown contempt by offering defiled sacrifices on my altar. Say defiled sacrifices. We'll come to defiled sacrifices too very soon. Then you ask, how have we defiled the sacrifices? You defile them by saying the altar of the Lord deserves no respect. Next. When you give blind animals as sacrifices. Now we don't give animals. But some of your offering, it is double blind. It's like matching a blind goat to the altar of God. For a goat or a sheep to be blind, some serious sickness must have attacked it. Anthrax or something. So you look at the goat that look like will die. Or the one that you don't even want to eat for meat. And you say, God, I give it all to you. Take it. Receive it. He said, isn't that wrong? And isn't it wrong to offer animals that are crippled and diseased? That money you are getting crippled though. Because you can do better. You can do better. Crippled and diseased. Try giving gifts like that to your governor. Your governor will say maybe regional minister or a minister of state. What you give to God if you are going to give to a governor, a minister of state, will it be a befitting gift? Ask yourself. Ask yourself. And see how pleased he is, says the Lord of heaven's armies. <laughs> you are saying, brother, armies, that if you joke, cry. <laughs> I pray that you stop giving blind animals to God and you stop giving crippled sacrifices unto God. Defiled sacrifices. Defiled sacrifices. Look. One of the things about tithing is that it sanctifies your money. I'm telling you. And this one is a New Testament thing. It says, well, when the first dough is sanctified, the rest is sanctified. I think it's Romans 11.6. Give me Romans 11.6 and let me see. It's 16 rather, not 6. Okay. For if the first fruit be holy, 
the lamp is also holy and if the root be holy so are the branches when the first root is made holy the rest of it is sanctified look some of the money that is in your pocket do you know where it's been do you know what it's been used for some of the money in your pocket you know as for money we circulate it it could be that the one you are going to give today eh? somebody used it to pay a prostitute some time back the same note it could be that somebody gave it to a hard assassin to go and kill somebody it could be that somebody gave it to buy cocaine or heroin but the bible is saying what if the first fruit be holy the lamp is also holy and the root be holy it is a way of sanctifying your money I'm telling you. So we have sanctifying your money. This week, house officers were paid. Some people came and naturally gave one month's worth of the salary. They say it's the first fruit. They gave it to God. And on top of it, I'm talking about people in this church. And on top of it, they calculated tight on all the arrears and gave it. These things is not like a hard and fast rule anywhere. That if you don't do it, a business, this, 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 no. But when you understand some of these principles, the first time I did first fruits at the beginning of the year, and giving first fruits in January is the most difficult thing, because Christmas you've spent. In fact, January salary is the salary you look forward to the most, because by most of the time by you even read middle of January, your money is already given because you spent all of it in Christmas. And then the general salary to you are saying it's my first fruits of the year. So I'm giving everything. The first time I did that thing, I gave it in January. By April, my monthly earnings had tripled. Look, some, some of these things, oh, it says that God will not push you, move you. This, when you sacrifice and you show that, look, God, I have your nature. It catches God's attention. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I did it. By April, what I earned, the total of what I earned in a month had tripled. God just opened some doors here and there and then and then tripled just like that. First time I did it. And some people came. Some of them came to my house. That this is a pray, pray, pray for me. This is a, I prayed and released big, 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 big blessings upon their life. Not that the first was they brought it for me to chop, me to go into the church coffers. And I know we need money at this time because fire rallies are coming up. And those things can chop money. So I was happy. I was happy when it came. I was like, oh, God is touching people's heart to do things. It's a way of sanctifying your, your money. Cleaning it up. They talk about default sacrifices. Default. You, you don't know what that money has been used for. That's why we even dedicate children to God. For God to, to, to sanctify them, make them His. I pray that you will not give blind offerings and you will not give crippled offerings. May mental strongholds you have concerning giving and sacrificing for God be broken in the name of Jesus. Let's read John chapter 10, verse 11. John 10, 11. I talked about the fact that you may be serving, but with what attitude? With what attitude are you serving? 
Everybody is supposed to serve in the house of God. Everybody is supposed to do something. Look, the chair you are sitting on, somebody carried it. We don't own this place. When you come here during the weekday, it is a classroom with wooden chairs. You see all those chairs that have been packed out there with things covering them. This place is not like this. Some of you, I think you don't even have an idea what this place looks like before it becomes like this for service. Because one, you will not help with the setup. Two, you will not wait after church to help with the set down. Three, you will not even come to church early enough to see things being done. It's like, by the time you come, it's like this. So in your mind, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, this place is like this. No, it's not like this. This carpet, carrying this is not easy. Sometimes I'm here doing counseling, seeing people, and then I can see that they'll roll it small, and then they say, Charlie, let's rest. And they are resting. And they'll roll it again, roll it again, and then carry it and take it to the back. Those of you who have been doing that, may the Lord bless your life. When you need the way, the same way you roll the carpet, when you need obstacles to be rolled out of your way, may the Lord remember the way you roll the carpet and roll those obstacles and roll those mountains out of your way. It's people who carry the chairs here. And most of the time we announce, oh, after church, please help to carry the chairs. Then some people, they challenge, my heels are too long. I'm looking too gorgeous today. In fact, I deserve a selfie. While people are sweating, sometimes five people pay. They will pack all these chairs. And the difficult part, which is those wooden chairs, those chairs with the table, they are heavy. Carry them. Bring them inside. And those who deserve selfies will be taking their selfies. By the time they finish, you are probably midway through your Sunday afternoon water in your room. But some people are sweating here and carrying speakers. But sometimes somebody carried the speaker and nearly went to the bar and said, hey, Charlie, I don't want any spinal fracture here. But it takes energy. Arranging this chair straight like that for you to come and see it. It's people who did it. Protocol team, God bless you. Hanging the curtains. These curtains, these ones are here, but from here, here, people climb. Remove the curtains. People come here and put the air conditioner doesn't switch itself on. People come here and do it. People arrange these things. It's called service. It's called service. If God blesses us, as he will very soon and we have our own place where the chairs are there permanently we don't need anybody to come and carry but until we get there it must be all hands on deck in fact now when it comes to setting up for service this is the new rule hallelujah this is the new rule now you see at first we used to have our prayer meetings here on saturday so when we finish we all carry but now this is the new rule the setup will be done by the cell groups in the past in which we went to Kuvuki and we were all excited the past in which we collected the medals and lifted the trophies the same past so what it means is that every pair will be on duty once every six weeks (laughs) 
So 5 p.m. on Saturday, you gather here with the same vim with which you ran and did the lime and spoon. And you played the awari and the ludu and things and you carried the trophies and collected your medals and teased each other. The same vim and the same enthusiasm. You meet here on Saturday, 5 p.m. Take the chairs out. Arrange these chairs. Of course, with support from the organizing team and the protocol team. They, they, they are constantly on duty. But you to come and come and erect a memorial unto God. Hallelujah. You can't be in the house of God and it's like you there. Oh, you, you, you there. You just walk in and come and enjoy nice sound. Sometimes the sound people, they live here midnight or later. Trying to tune the sound well. So it will be like the burger one. <laughs> they sacrifice their time. They sacrifice their energy. While you are sleeping, they are here. Trying to make the sound nice. We all have to put our hands on deck. There have been times that five of us have packed this whole place before. I mean, when they are packing things and, and there are no people, most of the time it's because I'm, I'm, I'm seeing people and, and dealing with issues and stuff like that. I would, I would help. There are times, Saturday, haven't some of you seen me carrying chairs before? They go, oh, daddy, fire. No, we are all, all of us, we sit on similar chairs. The chairs, you know, some people came and dashed me some throne like chair. Have you seen me sitting on it? No, 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 I'm not a king in this place. Jesus is the only king. Hallelujah. We are all the same. We must all put our hands to the plow and work and make things work. So it's not, it's not a matter of you just come in and leave. No, you must do something. Join a department. The choir, you don't have to have the nicest voice on earth to be in the choir. Some of you, you, you minister with your smiles. You know, your voice may not be nice, but the way you've been dancing, you know, it adds something to the ministration. Hallelujah. So to the choir, say choir. You are a very wonderful choir. Clap for them. Today, 11 people were on stage. 11 choir members were on stage. Michael, you have a choir page. What's that page? Please take out your phone. Take out your phone. How many people are on the choir page? Check right now and let me know. Pick the microphone and say it into it so that everybody will hear. How many people? This one we are checking live. How many people are there on the church page? Hallelujah. 78. 78. This one made him check live. I know the, the number. I've done my research. But if I say the oh, pastor is adding some, I made the deputy director himself tell us. 78 people. But there were 11. If you add the instrumentalists, maybe about 14. Calculate the percentage. Hallelujah. So this one, if you were God, honestly, how will you feel? All these people have come and said, oh, said, oh, I want to be part of the choir. I want to sing to God. And you are doing God for one night. Have you seen how it is when somebody promises you something, the person fails? 
and you put all your hope in the person oh this person says i'll do this, this person says i'll do this and the person doesn't show up i don't know if we have the mentality that is one man one mic most of the time it's as if that is how it is i don't know whether it's on spirit that is operating it's like it's, it's, it's like you have a certain coin and then we have shifters people running shift around them so most of the time the number is almost the same as the number of microphones we have i don't know whether most choirs we have frontliners you have frontliners who use their mic the rest stand at the back and they sing and they dance and they show their teeth and it's beautiful 78 and just about 13 or 14 we're on stage today Who is in the prayer team? You have a page. Check. How many people are on the prayer band team? 28. The last time I paid a surprise visit to the prayer team, it was five people. Five people praying on the field. Five. Prayer team, your job, you are not prayer backers. You understand? That is not your major job. You are, you are not prayer backers. That one, you are very quick. It's good. When I say, I need intercessors. By the time I turn, the whole place is firing up. It's good. But that is not your core job. Hallelujah. That is not your core job. Your core job is to pray outside this place. How the church rises and falls depends on you people and what you are doing on the field there on Tuesday evenings. In recent times, I've visited twice. Five people, four people. They're praying. Meanwhile, on the page, you're supposed to be like 20, what? Eight. People have signed up. They've told God, this is what I want to do. But you're not doing it. Can you imagine how God feels about you now? How did you feel the last time somebody promised you you do something and they didn't do it? You were disappointed. You were hurt. You're like the person was taking you for a fool. And that is exactly what you are doing to God. See, some of these subgroups, we may even have to dissolve all of them and ask people to reapply. So that we see the real number. Because, you see, when we deceive ourselves that we have 78 people in our choir, hey, overflow me. Hey, we, are, we, are, we are progressing 78. But, in reality, those really doing the work on the ground are just a few. He said, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Next. But he that is an hireling, say a hireling. Many people are operating with the spirit of the hireling. A hireling is somebody who has been hired and is being paid for what he's doing. There is a reason. That there is a convenient reason why the person is doing what he's doing. That is a hireling. The hireling and not the shepherd whose own the sheep are not it's like you see the thing ah, this ministry is not mine Me, i'm just doing something you know see the wolf coming and leave the sheep that means the hireling has been given a job so maybe your job your organizing team you're in the prayer band you're in the choir you've been given a job to do and it says what see a wolf coming there are a lot of wolves so there are a lot of things that come like wolves one major wolf is exams the exam wolf is coming. Exams are getting closer. And what does the hireling do? 
and he levered the sheep. That means the responsibility he has been given, he just chants it because a wolf is coming. Hallelujah. That is the spirit of a howling. The howling is one who does the work out of convenience. When it is convenient for me, that is when I do it. I'll come for the choir practice when it is convenient for me. Oh, 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 I only come when maybe I've been given some nice robe to play and you know, that sort of thing. That is the spirit of a howling. It's the spirit of a howling. You've been given the job to intercede as an organizer. When something that is a little inconvenient comes like a wolf, you just disappear. That is not a faithful servant. That is a hireling. And I pray that God will cast out every spirit of a hireling amongst us. That will be proper servants and proper stewards in the house of God. God doesn't want people who will serve him only when it is convenient. No. You think it was convenient for God to send his son Jesus Christ? No. It was a difficult thing for him to do. It was a difficult thing for him to do. That is the spirit of a hireling. There are times, honestly, I don't feel like preaching. I'm telling you the truth. Anybody who is a preacher knows that there are times you don't feel. It's not every time that you're on fire like that. Though. Actually, give me the mic. I want to fire. I feel to preach. No, 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 no. There are times you don't feel. There are times after church, I want to go home and lie on my bed and think about myself. But it is a duty. I have to stand and listen to your problems and pray for you. There are times me, myself, I need somebody to pray for me. But I have to gather strength and pray for you and believe God with you. So don't think there's somebody somewhere who just is, is always happy to do the work of God. No. There are times when as humans there are some limitations. You wish you could do something else. But duty calls. Duty calls. We, we, we call it the zeal of the house of the Lord consuming your heart. That is when you put the inconvenience aside and you serve God the way you need to serve God. The howling will run away when a wolf is coming. But the good shepherd and the good servant will stand in spite of the wolf coming and still protect the sheep. Organizing team, you do very, very, very well. You are one of my favorite organizing things. You are one of my favorite departments. But in recent times, the midway service, the setup has been slow, late. And I've told you that this thing, it affects the spirit of the meeting. On Wednesday, you boom made mommy struggle when she was leading worship. No sound. She had to use raw voice like that. It affects the spirit of the meeting. And so whoever has to come early to cause the, the, the meeting to start on time must come early and cause the meeting to start on time. Hallelujah. You are a very, very key department. Evangelism team, how many people are in the team? How many people are supposed to be in the evangelism team? Yes, by page. You by page. You give us by page. 18 people. Hey! 18 people there, that's a lot of But in reality, we know that the active ones on the ground, I don't think they are more than six. Six graph, add some, right? Add some. So it means there are a lot of people operating with the spirit of a highly. You are only serving God when it is convenient for you. When you finish every other thing. When every other thing has been taken care of, then okay, God, now, okay, 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 okay. I'm yours, I'm yours, I'm yours. 
But when something else starts pulling you away, you are gone. But today we cast the spirit of the hireling from our midst in the name of Jesus. May we be people who will serve with, with faithfulness. Even rain or shine, we will serve with faithfulness. And look, God will always remember those that are faithful in service. He will always remember those that are faithful in service. Some of you may say, oh, but God, I've been faithful. I've been doing that, but, but some of the things I'm, I, I want to see, I'm not seeing. I want to see certain things happen, but I'm not seeing it. I want to assure you that there is nothing you do for the kingdom of God that goes waste. God will surely remember you, but you remember you at the right time. Joseph was remembered by God, but God remembered him at the right time. I've told you here before that if the butler that left the prison had gone to speak to Pharaoh, immediately he left. That look, there's this man in the prison, release him. Pharaoh would probably have gotten angry and increased his prison sentence rather. Because, I mean, on what basis? The man is accused of having raped the wife of my army officer. Why should I release him? On what basis? Until God created a situation where somebody in the person of the Pharaoh had a dream. At the right time, God remembered him. So don't give up. He said, oh, I've been giving, I've been giving. But I'm not seeing the results of the giving. I've been serving, I've been serving. And it seems as if some people who don't even serve God are even seeing the good things in life more than I can see. And I know some of you, that is what you are thinking. Let's read Malachi chapter 3. I want to show you that God has put something in place. And that thing will speak for you. Malachi chapter 3. Let's start reading from verse 14. Give me NLT for that one. Malachi chapter 3. Verse 14. He said, you have said, what is the use of serving God? Some of you have asked that question before. What is the use? I'm coming for practice. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. What do I have to show for it? What is the use of serving God? What have we gained by obeying his commands or by trying to show the Lord of heaven's armies that we are sorry for our sins? Next. From now on, we will call the arrogant blessed. So sometimes when you are doing the thing, uh, you see, some people are walking away while we are carrying chairs and things like that. But look at us. They, they have been looking more prosperous. We shall call the arrogant blessed. For those who do evil get rich. And those who dare God to punish them suffer no harm. A lot of believers are thinking this way. Ah, they are looking at unbelievers. There are some results coming. They are doing better. And this and this and this. Why? They are more prosperous. They are riding in cars and you have to believe God to get Uber money and things like that. Next. He said, then those who fear the Lord spoke with each other. So they were saying these things amongst each other. Just like you are also saying in your heart. Maybe you've not said it to somebody, but you are saying it in your heart. Ah, God, I'm doing this thing, but I'm not seeing anything. And the Lord listened to what they said. In his presence, a scroll of remembrance was written. So God decided that, okay, this time I am going to make this thing right. And so on that day, God decided to institute, other versions call it a book of remembrance. A scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and always thought about the honor of his name. Those who have the kingdom of God in mind, those who think of the kingdom of God first, those who think about the agenda of heaven first. He said their names will be in the book of remembrance next 
will be my people, says the Lord of heaven's armies. On the day when I act in judgment, they will be my own special treasure. I will spare them as a father spares an obedient child. Next. Then you will again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked and between those who serve God and those who do not. I want to tell you that continue to serve in faithfulness. Continue to sacrifice in the house of God. The day will come when the difference will be clear. This is what the Lord of the Bible is saying. The day will come when the difference will be clear. God is not an unjust God. He is not an unjust God. He is not a man that he will lie. If he says that day will come when the difference between those who serve God and those who do not will be shown, it means that day will surely come. And I want to encourage you to continue to serve the Lord with all of your heart. Look, some of the things you are doing now, it is years after now that the effect is going to be seen. My final scripture, I want you to read 1 Kings chapter 11. Let's start reading from 11 to 30. Solomon, David's son, was misbehaving. He started following foreign idols. Married so many women and had many girlfriends. 1,000 women for him alone. I don't know what he was doing with them. Doing all sorts of things. But you see, David had served God faithfully. The Bible said he was the one who provided for the building of the temple. From his own treasury. Not from the national coffers. His own money he had earned as king. He put a lot of the money into the building of the temple of God. Solomon just came and presided over the glory and he started misbehaving. And by right, God should have taken the kingdom out of his hand and thrown him somewhere and scattered the kingdom. But he said, Wherefore the Lord said unto Solomon, For as much as this is done of thee, and thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded thee, I will surely rend the kingdom from thee and will give it to thy servant. Next. Notwithstanding, notwithstanding means in spite of this. In thy days I will not do it. For David thy father's sake. Because of David, God spared Solomon. Because of your service, may God spare your children and your children's children from something. One day maybe your child, your grandchild or something. Something may happen for which the person deserves judgment. Something will happen for the person to deserve condemnation. And God will come and say, For my servant Moses' sake, for the souls that he has been winning, for the fact that he uses his own credit to call people and make sure they are in church, for my servant Moses' sake, I will spare your life. And I will not let the judgment come upon you. Some of these things you are doing, you are erecting memorials. That will speak for you. Not only you, but speak for generations that are after you. As I said in the beginning, some of you, where you are now, is because of certain things some people did. God looked at some of the things some of the people did. Some of the sacrifices they did for the kingdom of God. Then God said, because of what so so and so did, I am pushing you. I pray that one day God will remember somebody. I pray that Jehovah Zakah will remember somebody. And as everything you are doing is recorded in the book of remembrance. On the day when you need God to remember you, I pray that God, Jehovah Zakah himself, will remember you. Just as he remembered Hannah, just as he remembered Joseph. May God remember you in the day when you need the remembrance the most. In the name of Jesus. I want you to stand to your feet and pray. The Lord, I want the heart of a servant. I don't want the spirit of a hireling. I want the heart of a servant. 
and some of you your confusion is that you actually don't know where to save but you want to pray that God direct me God just link me to the right people show me how to save in your house lift up your voice begin to pray in the name of Jesus lift up your voice begin to pray in the name of Jesus Lift up your voice, begin to pray in the name of Jesus. Now, intercessors, you can come and come and back. Lift up your voice and pray in the name of Jesus. Come on, pray. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. We cast out every spirit of the highly from our lives in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let the seal of the house of the Lord consume us, Lord. Those that have put their hands to the plow but are not plowing, Lord, we pray for the grace for them to begin to plow in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Those that are already working but are working with the wrong attitude are praying in the name of Jesus. That you give them the heart of a good servant in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, grant us the grace to erect memorials Memorials that will speak for us. Memorials that will speak for generations after us. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Lord, for your book of remembrance. Thank you, Lord, for your book of remembrance. That in the day that we need remembrance, you shall remember. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the Living God. We come against every spirit of idleness. We do not want to be idle in the house of God anymore. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Give me Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10. And this is what God says. He said, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have shown toward his name. God is not unfaithful. In whatever capacity you are serving, I want you to know the scripture that God is not unfaithful. Jesus. He will reward you and reward you at the right time. You know, sometimes we expect the reward in a certain way. We expect it to be maybe finances. We expect it to be money. But the blessings of God are bigger than money. Yeah. It's bigger than finances. It's bigger than a car. Amen. The way God spared Hezekiah 15 more years. You don't know how many years God has spared you. Amen. Sometimes God just doesn't give us insight into the things that he does. For you know, the last sickness you had was supposed to have taken you away. You say, oh, it was just malaria. People get malaria, it becomes cerebral malaria, and they die. Somebody was eating banku with tilapia, and the bone just went into his esophagus, pierced his esophagus, and the aorta is lying just behind the esophagus, and pierced the aorta. And he bled into his stomach, vomited once, and just died. 
they had just come from London, coming to eat small tilapia to go back to London. The house people said, You didn't come and greet us, you didn't come and tell us that you are going. Now you have come. The bone will steer your aorta. The last time you ate a bone went there, but you ate the big bamboo and pushed it down. Yeah, and you did not die. The Lord spared you. Hallelujah. Amen. So it's not just money. It's not just money. That car you were sitting in that was going to hit another car that it keyed up on the brake like that. It was because you were in there. Amen. It's because you were in there. There was a ship that was supposed to have wrecked because of the presence of Paul in Acts chapter 27. God saved the ship. So God blesses us in many ways. Some of us, we have entertained angels but we don't even know. The Bible says men, we have entertained angels on our ways. God blesses us and keeps blessing us. But I want you to know that God is not unrighteous and is not unfaithful. Jesus. He will reward your labor of love. Amen. And today I pray that this thing will push you to serve even deeper. Amen. And serve stronger and be more consistent and more faithful in your service in the house of God. Amen. You want to pray according to this scripture that God, sometimes it's good to hold God by his way. That God, you see when you don't do anything, you can't pray this prayer. Uh-huh. So you just worship God. Hallelujah. And pray that God gives you an idea as to what you can also do to help his kingdom. Say, God, you said you are not unrighteous and you will not forget my labor of love. That I am bringing your word into remembrance. I am crying you. I am remembering you that you said our labor of love will not be in vain. And it will be rewarded. And today, I am reminding you of this thing. Lift up your voice. Begin to pray in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice in the name of Jesus. Lord, remember. Remember. Remember your children, Lord. Remember your children. Where your children need to be favored, may they be favored. Where they need to be delivered, may they be delivered. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, those that are already sacrificing, give them the grace to sacrifice them all. Those that are not consistent, give them the grace to be consistent. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Rekato Badabahasa. Badabashi Karabahata. Reketabahata. Trust you have been blessed by this message. For more information, reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page, The Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed.